1: Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 98 of the Travel Like Boss podcast. I'm here today with Megan Faye. How are you doing?
0: Hi Johnny, I'm good. How are you?
1: Doing very well. So Megan is a certified personal trainer. She's also living out here in Chiang Mai, Thailand. So I'm kind of curious um, what her how she's managing this kind of offline business online as a digital nomad because traditionally personal trainers people who deal with health and nutrition and fitness are usually offline. But... Uh, Mainly, uh, I wanted her on because I read her about me page, and I was really fascinated. So, welcome to the show, Megan.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Very good. Uh, what? Where are you actually from originally?
0: Uh, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, so on um, the East Coast, and I moved here about two months ago, a little over two months ago. So I'm I'm brand new here. Um, I've been I've been to Thailand twice before. Uh, this is my third time, and I'm, I'm staying for the time being.
1: Really? Okay, cool. So this is like your new home base? Yes. And what made you choose Chiang Mai out of all places?
0: Well, my dad lives here. So um, I came to Thailand a few times because my dad started, um, he retired, he was traveling the world um, and uh, going to teach English. So he came here to learn English, or learn Chinese. Uh, to teach English (laughs) came to Chiang Mai to learn English. Um, and he uh, happened to meet a woman Mm. who lives in Bangkok and they had this very romantic story, fell in love. Neither of them were looking for a person and they just found each other and she, um, they got married and he, uh, he lives in Chiang Mai now, built a house for her for when um, she uh, her kids grow up and she moves from Bangkok to Chiang Mai. So right now he's living in a house that he built here alone. And um, I was at home and I uh, was going to transition from my desk job where I was a I, I read, I worked for a nonprofit educational organization, and I just read textbooks and corrected English and formatting all day long, um, so I had a, I, in school I got a, a degree in English lit, and then worked as a copy editor um, from the time I was like a teenager, and so that's all I'd ever done, and I was, uh, i had gotten so into fitness, and it became such an important part of my life um, in the last few several years like four years um, that people just kept saying to me I should become a personal trainer Um, and I was like oh yeah whatever thanks Um, I just thought it was a a nice thing to say but uh, I realized that uh, I probably should there's a lot of money to be made in personal training and people are making a lot of money and they're making it online Um, it, it does sound weird for people who aren't familiar with it. Because you're used to going to a gym, meeting a personal trainer, and they physically show you how to, you know, how to perform exercises and, and everything. But my, what I found, like, on Instagram and YouTube, those kinds of social media are breeding these people who have huge followings, and who then Um, create products that people will buy because they then see that these people have expertise or something that they want.
1: And I've seen that, especially when it comes to the fitness industry, if you can use yourself as the, you know, I guess the model, you know, Mm -hmm. whether you're a guy or a girl. Yes. And people like to scroll through photos and get inspired. Yes. You know, this Fitspo is a a huge hashtag.
0: It is. It is huge. And um, people people are just making lots of money. And, And the thing for me is it's not about money necessarily. I don't wanna, I'm not after becoming rich. That's not why I'm here in Chiang Mai um, and and working online. I, I think I will become rich. <laughs> I think that's uh, gonna happen eventually, but that's not why I really wanted to do something that I'm really passionate about. And um, I think that with fitness and with particularly my angle, um, Is really is I'm really passionate about it and I think it's gonna be super super rewarding I'm very excited about it because my uh, my story and my journey into fitness is a little different from a lot of people's and I I really want to make that my focus Um, I came from a very very dark past and it's only very recently within the last few years that I have really come out the other side and with no um with no real exaggeration it feels like I have come out of hell um and I lived in hell for so long um and coming out of the other side really not thinking that that was possible um and now I've emerged out of a living hell of you know depression uh, abuse PTSD, anxiety, low self-worth, any everything you can think of pretty much um, I've dealt with <laughs> in my life. Um, and coming out of the other side, it's just such a powerful feeling that I need to help other people. Um, it's, you know, it just, I think it comes with the territory of when you go through something and then you come out um, of a dark place. I think a lot of the times it's just an automatic feeling of wanting to go back and reach to those people who are still there and say like and guide them out say this is you can you can overcome you can conquer your demons
1: and you know that quality about you is so incredible and that's one of the biggest reasons why i wanted you to be here thank you you know i almost (laughs) think of it as you know on us on a softer scale would be like crabs in the barrel right Mm -hmm. and that barrel could be you know It could be just a boring hell or it can be this vicious, dark, abusive hell. Yes. And either way, once people, you know, they summon the courage to climb out, they have two choices. They can either go back and try to help the other crabs escape or they can never look back and say, you know, Mm -hmm. let's pretend that never existed. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I, you bring up a good point. It doesn't it doesn't have to be, you know, the kind of people I want to help and the kind of people who I think will identify with my story are not necessarily people who have been through the worst stuff. Um, I think they will. And I, and I want to be able to help those people, but a lot of people live lives of a quiet hell, like, you know, a quiet, boring hell where they just don't almost don't even know, um, you know, what they're missing. And, and, uh, when they do something like, you know, quit their job, sell all their stuff and move to, Thailand um, then they go oh my gosh I can't believe that was my life before I can't believe I actually sat at a desk all those hours for so many years that's kind of how I'm feeling even though I've just been here for like two months Um, even a few weeks into it I had this feeling of I can't believe I did that for so long and it was just a few weeks ago that I was doing it and it I it seemed so far away and so um just such a distant thing
1: I think when we're in that world, and everyone else around us is doing that, it seems so normal. Yes. And we get comfortable, you mm-hmm. know, or we start buying things to make us comfortable. Yeah. And that can either be, you know, fast food, it can be online shopping, it can be you know, offline shopping or the malls, um, or just, you know, doing things that, like, kind of just get us by. Uh, but I think it was the same thing when I first came to Thailand within, I think, two weeks. I realized, what am I doing with my life back home? Yeah. And I didn't realize it was, you know, it wasn't that bad, you know, right. like, but it was my own little boring hell.
0: Yeah. And good, good is the enemy of the great, you know, of the best you can, if you have something that's sort of like, it's not bad, it's fine, then you really have a hard time breaking free of that and that's why I stayed well one of the reasons I I stayed in my job and it wasn't horrible I really there were so many things that I liked about it and um, I thought it was sort of like what I should be doing you know that's kind of a standard thing a lot of people do what they do because they think they should Um, and it was just sort of fine I got a, a paycheck and I could live and I you know I just did my thing i got i got a week between christmas and new years and that really like that week was one of the reasons i stayed in that job for so long i was just like but they give you a week between new years and christmas and that meant everything but you know now it's just like that seems so sad
1: <laughs> yeah especially when you can take a week between any 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 month
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i can take naps anytime i want now i just take a nap in the middle of the day <laughs> yeah that's i yeah that's the good stuff. I like it.
1: <laughs> so uh, I was reading your bio, and if anyone who wants to follow along, it's meganfay.com. Yes, the, please,
0: please check out meganfay.com.
1: Yeah, I'll make sure I put a, a link to it in the notes, too. It's episode 98. But uh, yeah, here, I mean, you're very open, like very, like the very first line. You say, <laughs> hi, I'm Megan. I'm a certified personal trainer who has fought my way out of a living hell of depression, PTSD. And self destruction to become a bona fide badass with a beautiful life.
0: Yeah, that, that's me. Um, I I want to. Uh, someone asked me uh, before I. Launched my site and had all Of my ideas down like my branding And everything and and, um, You know my bio uh, I I was asked how open Do you want to be about your struggles and I just Thought oh I want to be totally open Because I'm not ashamed Um, I think there was a time when I really was, um, a long time, you know, I was ashamed of all the things that I'd been through and all the, and that comes with, um, abuse as a kid, you know, sadly, there's so much shame that comes along with it. Um, and you know, our brains tend to convert things into being our fault because it's just easier to, to deal with that than, oh, my caregivers are not taking care of me. Um, And that's a a scarier world to live in than like, oh, well, I'm a I'm bad and, you know, this is my fault. So I was ashamed before. But now um, through all the work that I've done, I am not. And I believe so strongly that sharing my story will help other people. Um, So that's I just want to be I just want to have people look at me and go, oh, she can do it. I can do it. Because uh, one of the, the things like if. I feel self-conscious sometimes even now, like at the gym or whatever. Um, I'll be at the gym and there, let's say there'll be a, a woman there and I feel like I work out really hard. You know, I make noises and I lift heavy things and I sweat. And um, I worry that they might look at me and go like, oh, look at her. She, you know, she thinks, I don't know what I think they think, but I, I feel self-conscious about it. And, um, and then I, I think about like, oh, well, I'm not, this person who's just like yeah i want to go to the gym and be strong and be badass and i i just want to you know it's not sort of a a self aggrandizing thing um i i came from this dark place and this is my this is my triumph and this is this is my strength and uh i i want people to know that that's where i came from um because i think it gives you know and people will identify with that i know that when i hear people who have Who are sort of incredible people who have these dark stories it makes me feel hope you know so that's what i i guess want other people to to feel
1: i love it and i heard a quote once that they said we can never judge other people because we have no idea what what battles they're fighting yes and when you kind of go into that deeper you know we don't know what happened to them when they were kids you know growing up Mm -hmm. we know what happened five years ago or 10 years ago 20 years ago And these battles leave scars. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're never even really healed. Yes. So if somebody is extremely overweight or somebody is an asshole, Mm -hmm. you know, or somebody is rude or, you know, they're, you know, whatever, whatever's happening, I can, you know, not choose not to be around them because it's not, you know, necessarily my job to, to try to heal every stranger I meet. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, I try not to judge them because I know there's probably something going on.
0: Yeah, I I usually see the little kid in people. Um in adults, in anybody, I go, Oh, you are a little kid and that's in however it happened, I don't know, and I'm not gonna try to guess, but I just see like a little kid in a lot of people. Um, so yeah, it it's definitely true. These things, you know, they they stay with you. But um yeah, so that's one that's why I wanted to to talk about that on, on my site and have that be a main part of it because, uh, a lot of the fitness things on Instagram and on YouTube, it's, um, you know, look at my, look at my booty and look at my six pack and look how sexy I look. And that's great. And I think there is an absolute place for that and looking good is awesome. Um, but I also want to have a place where it talks about the emotional part of working out because everyone has an emotional, uh, working out is actually really an emotional thing. You know, you have to pull from inside of you when you, when you want to give up and, and you're not going to, you have to find strength in you. You have to find something to fight for. You have to find something to fight against sometimes. And that's all really emotional. Uh, so I want to make sure that that's, an angle that I'm attacking it from um I
1: like I like that because it's so easy to look at someone's Instagram and assume that their life is perfect and they're <laughs> always happy and you know they live this amazing you know like carefree life and I actually know a girl uh that I knew her in person before I I started following her on Instagram so I knew what she was like and she was not really that happy you know she wasn't you know she was I didn't know her well enough to know if she was actually depressed but she was definitely not like a happy person right you know um, she never really smiled she was never mm-hmm. you know but then when I started following her on Instagram I thought wow she is like the happiest person in the world she's yeah. always taking photos like doing cool stuff yes you know and she is a fitness competitor so she does I think bikini competitions uh-huh. So just, you know, seeing her photos, you would imagine like, wow, she'd be so cool to hang out with. She's like so energetic all the time, so happy all the time. But the truth is there's so much more going on that we don't know about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Instagram, something about Instagram in particular is uh, just because it's just those snapshots. It's one millisecond out of all of your days. And people are taking, you know, for selfies, like, you know, you take a hundred selfies and then you're like, that's the one. And it's so not reality um but it's so easy to believe that it's reality it's so even if you have self-awareness and and you're like well this isn't reality you still look at it and go like I want to be that person no you you don't that person's just like you that person you know stares in the mirror at themselves sometimes at night and goes what am I doing (laughs) you know everyone has has those moments um yeah it's it's amazing and yeah I mean, I, I wonder what people would think if they look at my Instagram. But hopefully, I, I try to be Megan Works, at Megan Works. Um, I try to be a little sly plug. Um, I try to talk about, like, my, you know, my struggles and, and everything um, on there. But I also want to celebrate. I think at this point in my life is it's about celebrating, um, you know, how far i've come what i what I've overcome, and also when that I quit my job and moved to Thailand, like those are really big things for me um, I, it's something we might want to talk about also is how fearful I was about quitting my job and moving and selling all my stuff and everything um, so yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I would love to hear that. so you were working like a corporate job. How long were you there for?
0: I was at my job for seven and a half years Wow. Since I grad, so I graduated college, um, let's see, at the end of 2007. And I, it was the beginning of the financial meltdown. Everything was going up in flames, and no one had a job. There were no jobs. And it was just like that was the atmosphere that I went into the job market with. So I had that. And it never and I have super bad anxiety anyway. So when it was uh, given to me like, well, here you go, you're never going to get a job and <laughs> there's no money. And, you know, uh, that stayed with me. So so I got a job and I ne- I just never left. I just held on to it. And I just went in every day and sat at a desk in a really quiet office and read, educational textbooks and corrected grammar and went home and that's just what I did for seven and a half years
1: <laughs> Wow yeah <clears throat> I yeah it's and you it's were like weird. in a, an office setting doing yes
0: yeah, this? yeah. And I went into an office and I sat there and uh, yeah when I first got the job I thought it was really cool because it um, it was really relaxed and I could have like bright red hair and like my tattoos and and I had like facial piercings <laughs> I had like a lip ring and so I was like oh this is awesome because I just graduated college I was 20 years old and so i was like that's all i want out of a job is like a place where i can go and have red hair and um and yes yeah, so then i just i just stayed and uh and then i got as i got more and more into fitness oh and then also i was i was i got married really young just because i all of my the things that i had been through as a kid um really uh, tumultuous and really difficult like childhood where i grew up really fast can we talk about that Getting married? No, or childhood? your childhood. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. <laughs> so it's a strange thing because for my childhood, I grew up in uh, outside of Baltimore in a, uh, a county called Howard County, which is one of the richest in the country. And I'm not sure where it stands now, but when I was there, it was like number three or something in the country um, of like richest uh, places. And the schools were incredible and um, their they just all the um the the highest test scores and everything and it was this strange sort of place where everyone wanted to make it um perfect like say appear perfect and um of course you know no place is perfect and there were a lot of um it was just a weird stifled kind emotionally stifled kind of place and uh my situation was that I had, uh, my parents divorced when I was very young. And so I'm very close with my dad, um, which is one of the reasons, uh, one of the many reasons that I live here with him now, um, cause he's a little older and, um, I don't talk to any of really my other family members in the U S. So when he moved here, I, I just started thinking, well, I don't really have any ties in the U S, but, so that comes from when I was a kid, my my I was raised by my mom and my stepdad and they didn't have a good relationship and um the whole family was kind of um just crazy. Um most people's families are crazy, but mine was um like literally crazy. <laughs> and um we were like kind of um like, I don't know, like cops <laughs> in a rich house, you know, where it was just like, um, a bunch of yelling and, and, uh, fighting and outrageous behavior and, um, and, uh, not a lot of love and we just had a lot of money. So it was a strange place to be where I, uh, I was told by people at school by my parents themselves by everyone that I had no reason to be upset I had no reason to you know be sad I should be grateful I should you know all these things but um it was so it was a very very conflicting message that I got as a kid um and so I internalized that and just was like oh okay well I I shouldn't I should be happy I should everything's great um you know I'm I'm smart I'm talented and Uh, I have friends, and so everything's good. I live in this nice house. Everything's wonderful, Um, but it really wasn't. There was a really dark side uh, to that, and I don't know how dark I can get, but um, there, I mean, I'm very open about things, but I had an assault when I was 12 years old that kind of spurred uh, a huge decline. So when I was 12 is when, personally, um, I started just going down and, and you know i was suicidal at that time my first suicide attempt when i was t- was when i was 12 which is insane because that's so young it's just a little baby oh my god uh, yeah I, mean, I can't even imagine oh that. sorry i don't want to get too dark but no i mean like um,
1: pl- like please be as as open as you okay. f- like as you're comfortable yeah
0: the good news is i'm i'm now you know i'm here and i'm i'm happy but um yeah i i uh, like had a serious suicide attempt when i was 12 and then it just got worse from there and uh I ended up, let's see, I ended up, um,
1: Can I ask what happened when you were 12?
0: Oh, um, I had a sexual assault. So, um, it's very common for women and I didn't tell anyone and I was, um, you know, I was so young, I just uh, cried a lot (laughs) and my, I had a, it it was compounded by the fact that um, my mom um, handled it very poorly when she, um, she noticed that my behavior changed and she walked in on me. Oh, this is so sad. (laughs) She walked in on me crying, uh, looking at baby pictures of myself. And then she yelled at me like really like in a, in a very traumatic sort of way. Um, so then I, I thought that really sealed my, that moment sealed my fate probably more than anything. Um, I just thought, well, you have no, you really have no reason to be upset. You should never cry again about anything. So then I kind of turned my emotions off and that, you know, um when when a person does that sort of ignores their emotions um it it always finds a sneaky way to get twisted around and then come out so mine was you know self-hatred self um destruction um i started compulsively cutting myself which was an absolute compulsion i couldn't ha- help it or do anything about it which is hard for a lot of people to understand which i understand it is very st- sort of strange uh, human behavior to have um, but it's very common uh, for people who are abused and um, let's see I mean first it's drinking like, and alcohol and marijuana all all my bag so
1: I, I'm like so sorry that you went through that oh yeah. and you <laughs> yeah. know I'm just so happy that you're alive today and yeah. that you've you know that now you're openly sharing about it because this is something that people need to talk about
0: I agree it happens way more than um than people talk about and I don't mind being a person to talk about it um like I said I'm not ashamed uh I all of these things if I hadn't fought maybe I would be ashamed or something like that but because I've I have fought so hard to be healthy and to be um strong and to be open and all of these things uh and undo all the the hurt and the Damage, damages. Yes. Yeah, because
1: because when you're 12, I can imagine you know you're you're so fragile, you know, not only physically but like emotionally and mentally. And because when I was 12, you know, I had I had no idea what I wanted, who I was, who I can trust, who I can talk to, and the smallest things yes. seemed like. End of the world.
0: Oh, it's like you can't understand how big a deal like having a crush see you do something embarrassing is when you're 12. You know, it's the biggest deal in the world. So yeah, to have these sort of traumatic things happen that would be traumatic for an adult. Yeah, it was it was a really rough thing. And, you know, I didn't talk about it. So I didn't get the proper, you know, care or anything.
1: And is this like did did you have anyone to to talk about it because it seems like your mom you know, was it handling it well either? You no, my mom,
0: yeah, my mom didn't, uh, we didn't talk about it. Um, she she had the moment where she yelled at me, and that was that. And I thought, okay, well, you know, she's not on my side. Um, and then uh, she proved to be not on my side uh, as the years went on. And my dad, I just thought that I couldn't talk to him. I didn't want him to know. I was his only daughter. I didn't want him to know what was going on, you know. I just thought it would be too painful, which is, you know, it's a strange thing to, ha- to try to protect a man who's, like, in his 50s at that time or something. And i um, like, well, no, this would simply hurt him too much. I can't tell him, you know? I know it would hurt
1: him, like, 100%. <laughs> it would, but, but yeah. I, you know,
0: I, I, would, I would change that now. I would, you know. But I, I don't think I was able to. I just yeah. simply don't think I, I had the ability.
1: And I think this is a message. I mean, I don't know, you know, who's listening to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really doubt there's anyone who's that young listening to this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a message I want to be out there where... If you know, regardless of your age, regardless of your gender, or what happens, then, like we cannot be afraid to to ask for help.
0: Absolutely. And if if you ask for help, and the person you ask doesn't give it to you or or responds negatively, ask somebody else. Keep asking until you find what you what you need. Keep asking until you find that person because you will find it. So don't yeah, stop after one. Yeah, and I promise you, there's one.
1: somebody out there yes. that you know is is you know is doesn't isn't going to take it. Personally, I almost feel like the people that don't help or the ones that blame the victim mm-hmm. are the people that their lives are so messed up themselves yeah. Yeah. that they don't know how to deal with
0: it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that for, for my mom, I that was one of the, the things for her. Like I, she had a terrible childhood, even worse than mine. And um, for her, you know, she was she just wasn't able to to deal with those kinds of things, and she's really just now starting to be able to deal with with like her her own problems and um so yeah that's that's one of the reasons that I that I don't uh speak with that sort of side of the family um just cuz it's too it's too much and I think right now I'm I'm at a point where I've I've grown so much that talking to them just makes me feel like backsliding like I can't handle this so yeah and one day though one day we will um talk I'm sure I hope
1: Well, if anything, I hope she listens to this episode.
0: That would be crazy. (laughs) That would be really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad sometimes talking about the, you know, like the reality of my situation because I don't want to implicate people. But then I think, I just remember, if you didn't want me to to have this as my story, then you wouldn't have acted the way you did. (laughs) It's not my
1: fault. It's 100% true. And if they were there to talk to you about it, how many years ago was that?
0: Oh, God. Fifteen, no, sixteen now. How yeah. old am I? I don't know.
1: <laughs> and if they were there to talk to you about it sixteen years ago, when they should have been, you wouldn't have to be talking about it now.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it's like that's not that's just not my fault.
1: Yeah. I mean, one hundred percent, it's not your fault. Yeah. I mean, especially at that age, like you have so little control of, of what other people do, especially yes. as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why it, You know, things like that should be the most serious crime in the world. Yes, Because not only is it, you know, you're violating someone who can't fight back, they can't even talk back, you know, but yeah. then it really does impact someone's entire life. Oh, yeah.
0: That. Oh, yeah. Their whole life. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Like, it's not like, you know, even if you stole a million dollars from, you know, someone or a company. Yeah. You know that's something that people like they can k- kind of get over and recover from. You know, it do- doesn't. It- yeah. yeah,
0: it doesn't affect like your neurology the way that an a, like a, an assault does on on a child or or anyone really. But yeah, so yeah, and I I I talk. I want to talk about this because Yeah, people need to know it happens so much more than people think. Like all the time, but people are just so ashamed because it it's a built in mechanism where you feel shame, and it's just so sad. So. Yeah, people people do speak up though, and I it takes so much strength. And yeah, and I'm so proud.
1: Amazing. I'm so so proud of all the people that do speak up. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Unfortunately, there's also the people who have never actually been through it mm-hmm. that they somehow decided that it's you know it's their motive or, or job in the world to to make these crazy stories up that you heard. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And that completely yeah.
1: messes it up yeah. for people that have really been through something.
0: Yeah, it that is a really interesting thing. I just, I, I, in a way, I feel bad for those people. Like, why are you doing, like, why do you have to do this? Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, it is unfortunate. But people, I guess people just have to know that most people aren't, most people don't, Like to blab about the horrible things that happened to them. So if someone is, oh, never mind. That sounds that sounds bad. That sounds like I'm I'm trying to blame someone. But no, just let's see how how should I put it?
1: I I think you know like the way I think of it is if someone is you know is willing to risk their you know. Putting, being put on the spotlight, mm-hmm. you know, in a, this very negative way, because mm-hmm. it's it is you know there's a lot that happens when when you you know openly talk about something, like yes, this, you know, and I I do think that like far majority of people, especially pe- you know people that it's something that happened to them a long time ago as a kids, or if mm-hmm. they are a kid, you know, for them to even talk about it is probably such a big deal, you yes, know? you know, and that's why often you know people kind of. You know, they they almost make it sound like it's not as big of a deal. You know? Yes, but in reality, it was huge. Yeah, you know? mi-
0: minimizing, um, like oh, you know, I just, just, just this just happened. It's no big deal. It just you know, and it's like no, that is a big deal. You you know, um, so yeah, that's something that I had to to work through, and yeah, it took me a long time to be able to talk about that for sure. Definitely. And so,
1: did you have like a normal? dating life once you you know became like a teenager and an adult
0: um so when i was 16 years old i got taken out of um high school and um in the middle of the night i got taken by like these transporters um to a treatment facility because at that point i was um i was almost kind of dying um i was really malnourished i was having um seizures a lot and i was drinking all the time and doing drugs all the time So you
1: start, you, what like at what age do you start drinking and doing drugs
0: um, I started drinking when I was, um, well, I started drinking a lot when I was probably 13, drinking a lot, um, like every day, and uh, from and then, yeah, to 16, um, and then I stopped drinking uh, at 16 years old, which is super young because I um, got taken away, and I went to a long-term treatment facility in Utah, and I lived on a ranch with a bunch of girls and some people who really cared about me a lot and kind of saved my life in a way. And, um, they provided me with the love and support and, you know, just unconditional love that I needed. And so I, I became, um, a completely different person and I, I worked really hard. I started college when I, when I got out, um, I was there for seven months and without a drop of alcohol, or cigarettes, which I started smoking immediately after I got out, which is so bad. But because um, I started smoking when I was like, I don't know, I f- started smoking a lot when I was 14, wow. you, when I was younger. But, so
1: the, the sexual assault, was it like a on, like an ongoing thing or was it like? like-
0: no, it was a one time thing when I was 12, but then uh, when, when you're a girl, when I was a young woman who was drinking and going out like there were a lot of questionable things and um, situations that you know inappropriate things happened where you know I was drunk and like there were teenage boys and stuff like that so it's um it was it's kind of hard to say but just inappropriate things that kind of messed up yeah my head but um oh so this is a good Segue. So when I got out of the ranch in Utah, I came back to Baltimore and um, I started school. I started college. I found a loophole because I had. I was I could start at the community college as long as I was not enrolled in high school, and I was like, "Hey, I'm not enrolled in high school, even though I didn't have a GED or a high school diploma." So I started taking classes, and I got my associate's degree, and then I transferred to a state college and got my bachelor's degree. So I have a college degree and no like high school diploma. Wow, or anything.
1: that's you know that's a cool talking. It's, point.
0: it's 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 a strange thing, but it was a complete accident. I wasn't like let me try to you know not do this. It was just like I wasn't in high school anymore, so I started college. Um and yeah, at that point I was just really into working hard and um and I thought that I had overcome so much, which I had. But that was my um that kind of gave me a lot of strength and I was working with other other young women who had similar problems so that was a big big deal in my life um just helping and using my story kind of like I'm doing now um but in a different way and then let's see my second year of college second or third year of college I was 18 and I met um a man who I uh started a relationship with who really helped me with my um all the the like sort of sex issues that I had um around just because I never I never was able to have be healthy or normal in that way and so he really helped me a lot with that because we had such a strong bond we got married (laughs) um he was older he was like eight and a half years older than I was and um probably a little manipulative and taking advantage of me a little bit however helping me a lot so very complicated um so i got married when i was i got engaged when i was 18 married when i was 20 divorced at 24 cut <laughs> all that out of the way <laughs> um and well so, I,
1: I think in <laughs> your short lifetime you've been through <laughs> more crazy. than than most people do in
0: a hundred years it's exhausting isn't it <laughs> it's, it's so exhausting um but yeah so i I took the fast track, I got everything over with i bought we bought a house together. I lost the house, you know <laughs> like um and uh, but anyway so yeah i I had this relationship where it was really good in a lot of ways because it was very healing, but then um, he had his own issues and it affected us, and so I d- made the decision to leave the marriage now, this time, I was s- not drinking, not doing any drugs, I was smoking cigarettes, though, which is a drug. And drinking coffee another drug like insane amounts and I always wanted to be get fit and I always wanted to like be healthy and be uh ever since I was a little girl I wanted to get into boxing because I felt like that was something that made a person really powerful and I wanted to to gain my power and um I had asked my parents to put me in boxing or my mom and uh, she just like ignored it so um I just always wanted to get into boxing and fitness and be like a badass, like, like these chicks on in these movies. And, um, but I never could do it because I would just, you know, I was just smoking cigarettes in there. That's like the worst thing to do, uh, physically. And, um, so when I got, I was pretty depressed and at the end of my marriage, so I left and that was really difficult because I had built a life and you know, i had a i had a husband even though it was a probably not you know it was kind of an unhealthy relationship um at the end i he was still my family and we had two dogs that we had rescued and a cat that we had rescued and this big house. We bought this giant house that was like my dream home. It had a balcony and a porch and it had, I don't know, it just, it just skylights and hardwood floors, original hardwood floors from the twenties. It was just gorgeous. And I loved it. And I took such good care of it. And I furnished the whole thing really like curated and like carefully. I just love like design and, and stuff like that. And, uh, i had to leave and i just had to walk away and it was so depressing and i was just like oh i lost so much and um and so then i got really depressed and i started drinking coffee all the time and drink- and smoking cigarettes and uh then i uh, there was one one time that i mentioned in my origin story where my a friend of mine was talking to me and he said we were talking about a friend who was super incredibly smart but super depressed and would always talk about like almost arrogant and depressed like i'm so smart and this and that but i'm i'm so depressed and everything sucks and my friend said well if he's so smart why can't he figure out a way to be happy and i just it just broke through and i thought i'm really smart i can figure out a way to be happy i have to try and so that's when i started studying, uh, like neurobiology. I studied, um, the science of behavior. I studied, uh, science of depression, PTSD, how to heal these things, any study I could get my hands on. Um, and it turns out there's a lot of information out there. Um, so I quit smoking. I used the book, the easy way to stop smoking by Alan Carr. I cannot recommend that enough. I don't get paid, but I, I would just, um, it's. I mean, I smoked so heavily for so long. And this book made me want to stop smoking. It made me hate cigarettes and the smell of it. And I haven't had a craving since I quit. Um, just, Congratulations. Yeah. I'm it, very happy yeah, about that. Four and a half years ago, I, I quit. So, um, yeah, I never, never, ever have a craving, have a anything. You know, it's not something that you regret doing, quitting smoking. <laughs> it's not something that you No, like, zero. I wish I hadn't stopped smoking. <laughs> um, I feel so bad
1: about how many people... I mean traveling that smoke. And a lot of the times they make the excuse that smoking, you know, that cigarettes are $15 back home. Oh. But here they're like three bucks. So...
0: So Why not poison yourself?
1: Yeah. But (laughs) I think what they... You know, how they lie to themselves is the actual cost per pack of cigarettes you smoke is probably like 10 times that much Mm -hmm. if you factor in medical bills when you get older. Absolutely. You know, and it's... I, I don't want to be around smokers ever. You yeah, know, I think anyone who like, you know, and maybe this is me not thinking deep enough, you know, and not thinking about the battles they're fighting. Cause I don't think anyone smokes because just cause they want to smoke. Yeah. You know, I think there's other things going yeah. on in their life.
0: Well, it's super cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> not endorsed by the Chubb Like podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't like it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's just an addiction, you know, that's, that's all it is. It's a, it's an addiction and yeah I I don't judge smokers I guess because I was one of them but I'm telling you that book is like magic anyone listening wants to look it up online all the reviews are you know I'm just like this is amazing I can't believe it I didn't think I could quit smoking from a book I mean it sounds ridiculous but it happened so when I quit smoking um I uh I found out that nicotine um affects the way that caffeine uh is used by your body so um people who smoke have to drink twice as much caffeine um because of the action that nicotine has on it and so I started I was like oh I don't need to drink coffee as much so I I just basically cut out coffee because I also have anxiety and when I researched how to you know Treat anxiety It was like Well stop drinking coffee No wonder you're anxious All the time Um, And uh, So And then I started When I quit smoking And quit drinking coffee All the time I had Enough Like physical energy To start working out And that's when I started Working out And um, And then I just I I just got stronger And stronger And as I got Stronger physically I got stronger mentally And um, You know I was working with A a counselor also At the same time So um, So
1: Well, like when you first started working out did you like know what to do no did you did you read a book like, i
0: used i used videos online um there I was doing hit workouts
1: high intensity interval training high
0: intensity interval training and so I had a, a little timer and I would do tabata and I would do just intense high intensity interval training and I would do full body workouts um push ups burpees all kinds of fun just fun stuff and stuff that made me feel like a like a spy or something i would I would just go and I, at the gym, I would like look at myself in the mirror and I'd just be like, "This is what a spy would do to prepare, you know and it just made me feel like badass and powerful.
1: So if anyone doesn't know what a Tabata Burpee is, <laughs> you have to look it up on YouTube and then you have to actually do it. and there's no excuse why everybody in the world can't do it because it doesn't require any equipment. Yes. It's a complete body weight exercise. Yes. Uh, all you need is a timer that you can, you can download a free timer on your
0: phone or mm-hmm. on your computer
1: and it only takes four minutes.
0: Four minutes. Yeah. Can give you a, you'd be surprised how much you can sweat and, you know, breathe in, in four minutes. If you're doing burpees <laughs> straight.
1: So a, a burpee, if you guys don't know, is basically, actually you, you can explain it. You're the fitness trainer.
0: Um, you start stand in a standing position, squat down, um, put your hands on the floor and jump out into a plank, do a push-up, jump back into a squat position and jump straight up and then repeat.
1: so when you got started, like were you able to do the push-up portion of it?
0: Um, so my push-up, I could do uh, regular push-ups, but um like not on my knees, but I couldn't go – the depth wasn't there. So I would do push-ups, and I thought they were really good. But um, compared to the ones that I do now, like I – you know, now my chest touches the floor in a push-up. But um, then it certainly – I don't think my elbows were going to 90 degrees. But it was just – you know, it, it was – that's what I could do at the time, and so that's what I did. Um, and so I've just, you know, increased my – in in all areas of fitness. And then so I started wanting to um, – just get more fit in every way possible so balance strength um agility calisthenics uh, flexibility i just wanted to speed i just wanted to be as physically fit in general as possible so i don't i don't have like a, i'm not a crossfitter and i'm not a like a power lifter and i'm not a runner you know i'm just i'm just kind of as, as many things as possible just a generally badass superhero
1: I like it. So <clears throat> I just looked it up. the name Tabata comes from a, I think it's a Japanese doctor. Yeah. Named Doctor Tabata. I can't really find his name. Tabata. <laughs> and what it is, it's eight usually eight rounds of a twenty second workout with a ten second break. And
0: from ten seconds goes by fast.
1: Yeah, and I think from what I remember, he, I think it was it, it was either it was either his study or someone else's study where. They took two groups of swimmers, of like high level swimmers, and they had one do their normal uh, swim routine, and they had the other group do their Tabata workout where they would do these 20 minute sprints, 10 second rests. Right. And they would only, that's all they did. Mm-hmm. And after, I don't know, a month, two months, or whatever it was, they had them com- compete. Mm-hmm. And the ones that just did this four minute Tabata workout just smoked the other team.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. The only difference. Drawback is that you have to push as hard as you can during those 20 seconds. And some people can't find it in them if they are just doing it, you know, alone. But I was able to. And I just, you know, it's 20 seconds and it was just give it all you have. If you, when you want to stop, push through. And that's where like the mental, you know, the mental rigor is comes into working out and it bleeds into your. Um, daily life of just like, no, I'm going to push through even though I'm uncomfortable. Um, so when you really, really want to give up, just keep going. And then it's over. And then you have 10 seconds, which goes by like, like so It goes quick. by so fast. Yeah.
1: Especially like, I think once you get into even the third round, yeah. you, you take two breaths and the 10 yeah. seconds is Yeah, up. it's crazy. So I just looked it up. It's Professor Izumi Tabata uh, and the... Initial study was with Olympic speed skaters, so not not swimmers, and yep, basically they they measured uh, all the results of people's like VO two max and um, all the different gains, and the Tabata like hit training was came out on top.
0: Yeah, so this is great for people who don't have time to work out you know that's like i think the number one reason people give for not working out is they don't have time they can't find the time it's not convenient i have the kids anything but this is 4 minutes and you can do anyone has 4 minutes so you can do this kind of exercise you just have to find that 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 push that fight in you and just put on some rap that's all
1: you need to do <laughs> i like it some gangster rap a tabata timer yeah and that's all you need. And, and a floor. Minutes.
0: A floor. And yeah, gravity will help you.
1: I like it. So on your site, meganfay.com, if yes. someone clicks work with me, what, are they, what actually happens?
0: So right now, because I just launched my site, so I'm in the very nascent stages of this, I have... Um, right now, you can sign up for my um, work with me deal, which is you'll sign up and then when I have my, um, my coaching products available you will be the first to know and you will have special discounts. So please do that. Um, Sign up there and um, I will hook you up with some deals. But eventually, um, hopefully soon, what will happen is I'm going to have a few different types of products. So one-on-one coaching will be available and one-on-one coaching, um, if you're in Chiang Mai, I can do um, in person and then um, online. So through video um you know skype or um even facebook has video options um and i will coach you through i will you know do assessments and and make sure we design a plan specifically for you and your goals because um, a lot of trainers have um options out there that aren't customized and personal at all um so and then i will I'll coach you through um we'll have uh, one three and six months um plans And um, then I'm hoping to have at least one e-course available very soon. Um, I want to do an e-course for just um, how to get started um, on the journey of being a badass warrior. So um, if you have never started before, you never worked out, you don't know the first thing about it, this will teach you not only how to work out properly in the best the most effective ways to do it and the the most fun and um, exciting ways but it will um, coach you through nutrition as well so um and, and um all the soul mindset sort of emotional stuff uh as well will be a huge part of that so it's in it's targeting and strengthening all areas of the person the whole human being um so that you can grow in strength in your mind body soul all of that because i believe that it's all one thing i believe that if there's not a real difference between mind body and soul um, it's just all one one blob
1: <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that and yeah. i actually remember i met this guy named kai this 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 new york guy that looked more like someone out of out of a you know one of those like warrior movies Mm -hmm. and i met him down in kotao one of the islands and we went to the same gym and he was shredded Mm -hmm. you know he would walk around with six pack every day and i asked him i said you know like what's what's your secret to being in such good shape and he said you know just be happy Mm. and i was so angry yeah thinking like what are you talking about like can you just tell me what your diet is (laughs) what your workout routine is and he said like, he's like, no, really, you know, if you're happy, all this, everything else comes naturally.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's happiness and, and loving yourself. I think that's a kind of a gross term for a lot of people like, ew, loving yourself. Like, what does this, Ugh, what does that mean? But um, l- really loving yourself and taking care of yourself when you do, when you have that respect for yourself and, and you love your life, you want to take care of yourself. It does come naturally, I think.
1: Yeah, and it, well, at least it becomes so much easier. And yeah, st- and, yeah. And it stays easier, keeps easier to be on track. Mm -hmm. because I think especially in this day and age everyone kind of knows what to do you know and it might not be the best in the world but they kind of know like
0: yeah everyone knows you shouldn't eat fried food all the time and don't eat bacon and donuts all the time and don't sit on your ass all the time
1: they know that they should do some kind of workout you know whether it's not you know whether it's the best plan for them individually I I almost think that even if they took the worst workout plan but they followed it consistently (laughs) they'd still be in pretty good shape yeah you know, uh, I think what happens is people don't see results. They have other things happening in their life. They have this baggage. They have, you know, um, you know, body image issues. Mm-hmm. They have trauma in the past. You know, yeah, it's a very emotions.
0: complicated. Yeah, it's a very complicated thing. And people, yeah, they have one bad experience with a coach that made them run. You know, and they just were humiliated and hated it. Now they don't like to exercise for the rest of their life and you know and on and on you know so yeah that's kind of the stuff that that i want to address and make people aware of too because yeah it's amazing how people know what to do and they just can't do it and the brain is really good at coming up with excuses so people can feel really comfortable with their choice to not work out or to eat poorly um the brain just loves to come up with that. It's fine you know for all these reasons but um I, I, yeah, my goal is just to show people that they, their life can be so much, so much fuller and richer and better when they take care of themselves. It just, it's, it's so much better. And especially for traveling, you know, travel like a boss, you want to be in good shape. You know, you want to be able to carry your bags and walk through like airports and, you know, all that stuff that, um, you know, that I certainly take for granted now. Um, you know, some people are like, oh, it's just exhausting,
1: yeah and, and not even just carrying the bags but I, I feel like when I'm in good shape when I'm in peak shape I enjoy life more I enjoy yes. traveling more. Yes,
0: cuz you can do more, you know, you don't you don't get that tired feeling at the end of the day when you walk around a city all day long and then you're just like I am I've never been so tired in my life. You just go like, "Oh, that was a fun day. My Let's feet do hurt more. a little." Yeah. But yeah, it's it's um it's a way better life. It's just life opens up a lot when you when you are physically. It's just easier to live life in a body that's healthy.
1: I think this is perfect timing because this is kind of the end of the year. Yeah, and everyone's gonna you know I. It's okay if you want to coast over Christmas maybe (laughs) over New Year's, but it's good that you start thinking. People start thinking about this now. You know, start having a plan for the New Year. Mm -hmm. And I really firmly believe. That every single person you know listening to this can benefit from being in great shape. Absolutely, you know, I really think that everyone's life would be happier. It'll probably strengthen the relationships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it'll you know you'll probably enjoy traveling more. you enjoy doing things more, mm-hmm. um, and and there's really no reason not to.
0: Absolutely, yeah. There's no re- there are almost no side effects, negative side effects to. <laughs> like starting an exercise program and eating healthier and there are the laundry list of benefits is almost never-ending um so yeah and i will have um goal uh, i'm gonna be writing a series on um goal setting and uh achieving goals and staying on top of them in the new year so look out for that on on my blog as well
1: i like it so i really feel like you know Anyone listening to this who either, either yourself or, you know, someone who's been through, you know, a lot and you have other reasons, you know, and your reason isn't just I don't have time to, to work out. Or, I don't know where to start. You know, you have maybe you have a deeper reason that you really want to connect with someone that cares. You know, I really think that Megan is you know the trainer to reach out to, you know, because it sounds like, well, I mean, obviously you've been through so much yourself, you know, and you're, you're so open about it that if someone, you know, wants to do. Skype session with you and they want to you know the first session just talk about what's been holding them back you Mm -hmm. know why they're emotional eaters Mm -hmm. or why they can't stand to see themselves in the mirror you know why they feel uncomfortable at the gym Mm -hmm. you know I think just by talking to you about that and having you help them uh, set goals and motivate them and keep them on the right track I I think that's invaluable
0: absolutely I agree and yeah I'm I'm the person to do it with for sure
1: I like a lot uh, so <sighs> this has been an intense episode. I
0: hope it wasn't too dark. I mean, I, I, I thought like, oh gosh, I, cause I'll, I'll just talk about, you know, anything. I don't have a problem. So if you let me go, I'll go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope that this was, was a valuable, um, podcast. For yeah. Super listeners. valuable.
1: I mean, just, you know, like the fact that you went through hell, you know, you clawed your way through it. And you still ended up graduating from college, becoming a certified personal trainer, still ended up having, you know, normal, semi-normal relationships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that you're traveling and you're like, you're, you're starting this business, yeah. you know, that really shows that no matter what has happened in your past, you know, there's probably someone whose life... We're past even worse, Mm -hmm. you know, and like 10 times worse, 100 Mm -hmm. times worse. uh, And we really don't have any excuses because we can move on. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, just keep moving forward. It does, even when you're so tired and you think that time and time again you've tried and you've always failed, just keep going because there will be a point where you will not fail. And I tell you, the feeling you get when you overcome darkness like that is so much more deep uh, than a sort of quote normal person could feel you know the high is so much higher when you've reached such devastating lows
1: oh i truly truly believe that i think that you know people who grew up with these picture-perfect lives that never really had to struggle anything they can you know their happiness level can be you know whatever percent right Mm -hmm. um but i don't think that they know how to appreciate things as much
0: yeah i i would agree
1: you know i think also you know having messed up childhoods or just struggling, you know, and it doesn't have to be a messed up childhood. It could even be like a competitive childhood, you know, maybe either through sports yeah. or through whatever. I think it builds character.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I used to, like I said, it used to be a shame, but then I realized that most of the people I look up to the most and most of the people mm-hmm. who are the strongest had unideal childhoods or life situations and i thought oh some of the best people in the world had it rough and then i, I that was part of what i realized like oh i shouldn't be ashamed I, this is a this is a you know not a blessing but this is you know something that's making me stronger for sure
1: yeah 100% and you have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of you know like where you are today like it's incredible you're smart you're you know well spoken you're beautiful you're you know business minded you have so much go, you know for going on for oh,
0: you. Thank you, I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really proud, and I'm so excited to to for my future. Maybe um maybe in like a year or two, you can have me back on the podcast, and I'll tell you about how uh, rich and successful I am.
1: <laughs> I like it, and uh, it sounds like that that ranch that you that rescued you. You know, when you were 16, that made a huge impact in your life. Yeah, can you tell me the name of that place?
0: That was called Falcon Ridge Ranch, and now it is completely different from when I went. Um, when I went, it was this little like schoolhouse uh, in a little ranch house, and uh, now it's this big operation. And uh, yeah, it's it's wild. But so. it, it
1: sounds like you know an organization <laughs> that we should support
0: yeah yeah absolutely and uh, it's it was run by a bunch of Mormons and they were the nicest, sweetest people who were non judgmental and just wanted to help and and uh yeah they they did their job and they they loved me when I couldn't love myself and yeah, they made a huge impact on me
1: I absolutely love that and it's i'm looking at the site now it's Ranch dot com and it's boarding school for young women um
0: yeah, I probably had uh, the, I probably, most of those girls didn't have as many problems as I did. I think I was a little bit of a rough one for them, um, but, uh, but yeah, they did a good job with me anyway.
1: Okay, I like that. I'm going to take a look at the website after this, and maybe there's some way that we can help support them or, or donate to them, because yeah. it sounds like they're doing a really great thing. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I do want to talk about how, like, it, I'm a firm believer in, and I think the reason why I like talking about about these things and, and you know, and not just bottling up or just pretending it never existed is, you know, a big part of me wants to support these companies like Falcon Ridge so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. But what I really, really wish in this world and really hope for is for these things n- not to happen in the first place. Right. So, the, you know, so we don't have to fix people. Yeah. You know, because, and here's the, like the unfortunate thing is, you know, for someone to do like such a vicious thing, especially to... S- to a 12 year old person, you know, they have their own demons in their life that caused them to do Mm. that, you know, and you know, maybe if that person had support when they're growing up and they didn't go through, you know, their traumas, you Mm -hmm. know, if they had, um, a more stable family or if they had their own counselors or they had hope in their lives, or maybe they needed, um, you know, they needed like psychological help, you mm-hmm. know, like you know, in, in the U.S. and you know, around the world, there's such a big mental health issue. Oh, you know? yes. And they, we just don't talk about yes. it. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely true. Yeah. It's mental health is like, you know, it's like a weakness and it's it's either, it's all in your head. It's not real. Um, it, that's the way it's it's seen. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Everyone has everyone who is victimized by someone uh that person was a victim themselves it's it just that's the way it works and it's it you know it doesn't excuse behavior by any means but it um you know it definitely it, it's a powerful reminder that you know that we need to take care of each other
1: yeah and you know what you said was, was exactly right is we like it's not an excuse for people to do anything mm-hmm. um you know but for us to help the most amount of people yeah and prevent things like this happening in the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we have to understand you know, people's problems, and we either need to help cure them. Um, we need to prevent more people like that from from you know becoming um, predators in, in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, I mean, if, if if we could, we can move them to another planet, or, or <laughs> if we had the death sentence, you know. But uh, like these are like. I, i'm all about helping people heal but i really 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 firmly want to drive in the fact that we need to prevent these things in the first mm-hmm. place you know yeah. because it causes so much damage to, to people's lives it
0: just ripples everywhere you know yeah. ripples t- reaches out so far generations you know so
1: yeah and the thing is like if you know if your mom didn't have such a hard childhood she would first off you know Like she would be at least be able to like hear you Mm -hmm. and and like when, you know, when you needed help and not um, react the way she did.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. That's absolutely true.
1: You know, so so what we can do is we can stop it in our generations, you Mm -hmm. know, and by doing what you're doing and, you know, become, you know, speaking about it, overcoming it, setting a good example, um, you know. This is where it stops.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that is definitely my goal. Is this, it stops with me for sure. It stops with me. I,
1: I love it. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so like,
0: glad that you have me on. Thank you so much.
1: So, if you guys want to get in touch with Megan, uh, please go to meganfay.com. That's M E G H A N F A Y.com. Uh, if they want to support, follow you on social media, where can they find me? I'm you?
0: on Instagram at Megan, M E G H A N, works. W-O-R-K-S. So that's where you can follow me to see how amazing my life is in split-second frames.
1: <laughs> I love it. And as you guys know, this is episode 98, which means we're almost at episode 100, which is going to be a special episode for and by you guys, the listeners. So thank you guys for your all your support over the years. If you go to like com and click on 100th ep, you're going to see a little form where you can submit a voice recording. Uh, You can either record it on your phone and just email it in, or you can just click the button and record it there. And, you know, basically you can be on the show. (laughs) You can say your name, where you're from, you know, what you're up to. And you can either ask a question uh, to be answered on the show, or you can say how this podcast uh, or any of these episodes have impacted you. So please go uh, there because I would love to hear from everybody. And... That's it. So thanks again to Megan and uh, see all of you next week. Happy holidays. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus How to Choose the Perfect Niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week and remember if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.